Welcome to the Growing in Greatness podcast with your host, Wendelin Singletary. We bring relevant insights, actionable strategies, and connections to resources to inspire you to explore your potential and become the best version of yourself in business and personally. So take charge and commit to growth. Mondays at 6 p.m. Eastern Time on Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. And remember, you deserve to see your own greatness. Hello, hello, everyone. Happy, happy Monday. I kind of jammed it into that. That song is a good, good lead in it. Good little joke. Okay, anyway, happy Monday. I'm so happy to be here with all of you, and I'm thankful that you're here with me. So we're going to go into today. I got some exciting news. Um, we're going to start a new segment today. Today is the inauguration of a new segment that's going to be on the fourth Monday of each month. It's called I'm Just Saying. And what this segment is all about uh, um, is about us talking in a roundtable format about subject matter that is far-reaching, uh, that deserves a number of different perspectives and allow you to have a number of different conversations and thought on a perspective. Generally, when I do these um, podcasts, it's usually myself giving you my full thought process and my work knowledge and input on a different subject matter. Uh, oftentimes, I'll have an expert come in with me, and we'll share some information on something they know about and, and give you the same type of information. But this time, we did this one time in May and got great, great response from it. So I decided we should do this on a monthly basis. So join us every Monday, but especially the fourth Monday, we're going to be doing this thing called I'm Just Saying. So I'm going to be joined with some business executives from different walks of life to talk about these topics and to share. Now, today and probably most of the time, they, I can't, they can't tell me they could commit to air before Monday because they busy women too. However, they're going to try to keep their calendars open and be with me every um, fourth Monday to talk about different topics. Like I said, in this segment, I'm just saying. So we have first, in alphabetical order, Carolyn Cole, who is an entrepreneur who's done so much stuff in different forms of business. She's also a writer, uh, which is very interesting to me how the two of those come together, but they work very well, trust me. Known her for a long time. I'm gonna let them tell a little bit about themselves a little bit later and we'll you get more you'll learn more about them as we go. So we're not gonna do a whole long soliloquy of all of their accomplishments, but as we talk, you'll know more about what they do. And I also have the Dean Weatherspy. She's the COO of Mag Ventures and the same thing applies. We've met each other and known each other for years and years. I'm not going to say how many years because you don't even know that. It's too many years to talk about. We all still young. So anyway, uh, Carolyn and Deneen, I want to welcome them both to our segment of uh, Growing Greatness, and I'm just saying segment. So, Carolyn, how are you today? I'm fine. I'm fine, Gwen. And hi, Deneen. Hi. How are you? Good to be back in the back on the horn again. I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm okay. just saying. I'm just saying, okay, I love it. So today we are talking about building effective teams. And I didn't just say team building. I'm saying building effective teams. You can have a team, but it may not be effective. You know, work, maybe we're not work together. They may not get the benefit of each other's knowledge. So we're talking about building effective teams. And we have a lot of different knowledge and perspectives on how to do that, whether it's people or projects or 
uh, Carol's going to tell you people. She's a writer, you know, she got to do with people, playwright, that sort of thing, um, business people. Deneen does a lot of um, development work, contractors, architects. How do you build those teams? And so we know about team building. I always start with kind of a definition. It's basically um, putting together a, um, a group of people to conduct the daily ac- actions that you need to do to, com- to work your business, to be able to carry your business through and to get it successfully done. It's a group of people interacting together as a unit to secure success for your business, your enterprise, and working together. We also talk about effective teams so much because there's so much that can be done through teams opposed to being alone. You know, you have a team, you understand uh, and you improve your morale, with teamwork and promotes team um, bonding and um, dealing with adversity, especially when it comes to your business. You're going to always have some diversity one way or the other. Hard times, critical times, they learn to gel together. Uh, it's forming a shared vision. When people have the same vision, they know what it takes. They work better together to get there. It's a shared vision they all believe in and working toward. Team building helps you to um, uh have your individual show your individual and appreciation for individual strengths and weaknesses. I mean, we talked about last week about mentoring. When you work with people, there may be somebody, like I said, peer-to-peer mentoring, they may help you with because you've seen they have a strength in this organization, um, you know, uh, task-oriented, understanding what they do and say, hey, you can mentor me on that and I can mentor you on something else. So it helps to appreciate that sort of stuff in other people. Because you're a different folk people, you come with a more creative way to solve the problem. You're getting more than one perspective on the problem and how to deal with the problem, especially in a crisis situation. Um, you learn to cooperate with each other opposed to being competitive. You know, in your business situation, oftentimes people want to say, I'm the one, I'm the person who did it. But when you're in a team situation, you work together and you're more cooperative and it makes a better atmosphere. And also, it just makes you more efficient and effective, efficient in terms of resources you have, being more successful in developing the product and services that your company is, is, is um, trying to handle. So with that being said, I want to talk, start, Carolyn, with you. Let's talk about what you see as being effective uh, in terms of uh, building effective teams. Gwen, you know, I go to um, values first. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the people that come together to form the team the value system has got to be in sync. If that value system is out of sync, there's no way you're going to get that team to be effective. Mm-hmm. So communication, value system. So like the formation of any relationship, you know, any partnership, marriage, dating, whatever you're doing, what's the value system? Because if those values are different, we're going in different directions. Mm-hmm. Not, I like not that. good for teams. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. That means, and I look at that, that's so key because, once again, part of the shared vision, you know, but this goes goes a step further, clearly, in terms of your values. You may share a vision to build homes, but if you you share the same um, value system that they're going to be built effectively and efficiently at a fair price, that makes a big difference. You know, Mm -hmm. I love that. Do you want to jump in with any concepts you have? Yeah, I, I think that is, um, you know, the value system. And then why do you, you know, when it, and, and it's difficult in an employment type situation versus a contractor situation. You know, a contractor situation, um, there should be in the business of, of service and that sort of thing. So they want, they want to earn your business. Whereas an employee situation, there's an exchange called paycheck, right? 
and mm-hmm. depending on if they're working for a check or if they want to work for your the vision or what they believe you're doing, um, I think there is the added level of appreciating um, not only the values, but why are they working, right? Mm-hmm. And, and if, if working is just a means to an end and I just want to check, then it's difficult to um, attach yourself to an outcome other than a transactionary type of function, you know, mm-hmm. where I get excited about people that want to be a part of a team and they can express that mm-hmm. or they want to be a part of something bigger than themselves. Um, and, and, and not every organization is about, if you're making widgets, it's about, you know, production and I need you to do whatever, and there's no emotional attachment. Whereas if you're in a service business or you're hiring someone for a service department, there has to be some other, some other driver to help you deal with the human aspect of it, right? And so we saw, met a young man last week, and he was very, his customer service with our copy machine was over the moon. It was just over the moon beautiful. And um, I asked him, I said, boy, I said, for fixing copy machines, it's kind of a yucky job. And, you know, I mean, it's not the, the machine doesn't give you the love, but we really appreciate you fixing our copy machine. But how do you keep a good attitude when you're just working with the machine? And he says, oh, it's not about the machine. It's about this opportunity allows me to spend more time with my son. I only have to work four days a week. You know, I love the company <laughs> culture because they're family-centered. So mm-hmm. he treated that copy machine like it was a Rolls Royce. That's a great idea. Good, great concept. I, I like that. I mean, you know, just y'all keep chiming in. We was our first time doing this. Y'all kind of chime in, whatever. You know, I, you said something. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, this up something else about, you know, the employment situation in terms of team building, you know, Sometimes on, on the entrepreneurial side, we get to go out and kind of choose who we want to work with or, you know, and even in some of those contract situations. But sometimes you're stuck with a team that you didn't put together, but you still got to get results and you still got to make them coalesce and work together as a unit. And so mm-hmm. that's a skill in itself, folks who know how to build teams. Yeah, you know, and to that point, that brings me something else I was going to say. But, yeah, I think that this is two things you guys have brought up to me that are making me kind of think here. You know, Denise, you brought the part about people who work for a paycheck opposed to people who see a, a larger vision and what they're doing, how they're helping. But the reality of it, and you guys please disagree because I know you all will if you do, the majority of people out there are working for a paycheck, in my opinion. Um, so it's inevitable to me you're going to have to deal with some of those. So my question is, even with that, how do you even deal with them? You know, I agree with you, Carolyn. The value system is so important. It makes it, it, makes it work more cohesively. It's a simpler, um, you know, evolution. But if you know, in my mind, uh, a big percentage of whoever I have worked with or brought on or hired, or you know, it's about the dollars for them. So if that's true, a large percentage are going to be about that. How do you do that? So when we have people, and, and this, I, you know, and I'm not saying that this is the best way or whatever. It's just my way because I am, um, you know, uh, hopefully, I mean, we have a we have a uh, small company that we're um, working through and working in growth mode and that sort of thing, right? But what we do, if it's all about the money, then it's all about the money, 
And then I let them know that in order for me to do to pay you what I need to pay you, this is how much money I need to make in order to keep doing that. Okay. Right. And then you, mm-hmm. we do the math, you know, and then we make it about the math. And then those are the things that we don't um, do a whole lot for as far as um, because they'll leave you for 25 cents more in another week. So if, it, you know, we have a huge training program, right, that's why we are um, – we ask them what their commitment level is to learning this job and that sort of thing. But if it's just about the money, well, let me tell you, let me show you with you how we make our money. And that's really good. You know, you go right to the point of what it is, what is it that motivates you? And mm-hmm. if that's what motivates you, let me speak to that so that I can, so that we all right, we can get on the same page and we can go walk in the same direction. Uh, each, you know, each environment that I've been in has been very different. You know, there's a lot of stuff in the nonprofit world on the service side where people are so committed and, you know, they make so little to tell the truth about it that, you know, they, they know they're not there getting, you know, real monetary value for what they do. And they, they coalesce into another type of, uh, of team building, if you will, another there's there's some more motivations and and values at work there. I've also you know been with those folks you know do some producing theater festivals and plays, and I think we did the first National Black Theater Festival in 1989 in Winston Salem, North Carolina, and Larry Hamlin was a real visionary behind it. But getting us all to work as a team with very clearly defined roles. Very little money. Side of that was, here's the caveat. Here's what we're going to be doing for African-American theater uh, now and in the future. Here's what's going to happen in terms of revenue that's generated for the city of Winston-Salem. And here's Maya Angelou, who's going to be our honorary chair. We all want to please her. And here's Oprah Winfrey, who's going to be our um, uh, opening night speaker. And so everybody... Everybody wants to do their very best and shine. And so we saw him do that with uh, pulling everybody together and making sure that we coalesced as a team to get it done. And it's still been going on since 1989, except for the year, you know, the COVID year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, you know, that brings up another point. You know, we are in these times. We are in these times. No getting around it, nothing to do about it. You know, the environment, the work environment is so different. We are, just you just mentioned, COVID-19. That's a factor, how you deal with that. There is issues of virtual versus in-person, working together, teams. Mm-hmm. The companies now that hold the entire team is virtual. You know, I, have, I know someone who's a manager of a team, and she managed, she lives in North Carolina. Her team, she managed in Charleston, South Carolina, and in, I think, Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a normal. Um, you see this other things like generational differences. You know, you can have a team with somebody only 21 years old as well as somebody 45 and somebody 65. Those have issues. Um, the technology piece is so huge because of in-person, virtual, and just the way the world is going. And then we're dealing with the issue of diversity and inclusion. You know, you, mm-hmm. you know, some people just don't communicate the same based on their knowledge of uh, other races, communities, sectors, or whatever, um, that kind of thing. Um, so tell me a little bit about those factors, how you factor those things in, because those things are real right now. All, all of it, you know, it, it, it is. It's very real. 
But I go back to, you know me, I'm going to always go back to the basics. I'm just saying okay. that so many of the pieces that get people tripped up in terms of uh, diversity and inclusion mm-hmm. goes back to challenging yourself on, am I talking to you about values or am I looking at how you're dressed? Or am I looking at, you know, am I putting more emphasis on your race, your gender, et cetera? And what does that have to do with what we're trying to do together? Finding that mm-hmm. space where where do we come together in terms of our value system and our ability to communicate with one another, you know, and mm-hmm. the respect, you know, and are you coming to the team with respect for the fact that maybe this team leader may not look like you, may not be the same gender as you, may not be, you know, the same ethnicity, what have you, but, or same, you know, income level or class status, whatever you want to call it. But are you prepared to respect the person at the table? Mm-hmm. Okay. Dee, charming, charming girl. Yeah, I, I agree a thousand percent, um, you know, with Carolyn. But there are so many, there's so many other issues going on with people now, you know, and mm-hmm. mental health is real, you know, um, mm-hmm. the stress level is real, you know, working two or three jobs is real. So if you happen to be that third job in the day, you know, I mean, what kind of quality are you getting? But they need the money, you know. Um, there's a lot of things that are real, and and so the human nature and bringing, we have a program called Compassionate Capitalism, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's 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 more of a people first type of model that we don't penalize you ever from for even financially. We just got to stretch and eat it. If your mom is sick or your your dad is sick or somebody that doesn't, you know, uh, um, you know, uh, your dog dies. I mean, th- those are that's trauma to people, right? You know, I know, and, right? And so okay. we are we've adjusted some some um, some of our workflow to allow for more family friendliness, right? We've adjusted our workflow to allow for that mental health break. Um, because, and then especially if you know a little bit about any of those, you know, conditions or whatever, and you see it, you can't, you know, I mean, the workplace doesn't allow you to get into people's life or anything like that, but it does give you the power to create a work environment that is conducive to healing and being healthy and that sort of thing. So people actually, I have a lady that works for us now, and her son had a brain aneurysm, so she's back and forth to the hospital with him. Her husband's battling cancer, and she just retired. She loves coming to the office, even though it's, we have its own challenges of what we do here and some stressful sometimes. But this is a break for her mm-hmm. from what she's going through just to bring some balance to her life and an extra dollars as well to what she needs, right? Mm-hmm. However, knowing all of those situations that's going on in her life, Right, we have to kind of stretch a little bit because if the hubby has a bad problem and the son has a problem, and oh by the way, her daughter with the five-year-old just moved back home because she's going through a divorce. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it, there are some things that, um, and she's an excellent worker though too. So because she has a value to us that is beyond what we're able to pay her, we bend a little bit more. And so we, we would like to have that go the same way. So, and she's shown herself that we've had events here that just the event just went long because people didn't want to go home, right? And, and when you're doing training and teaching and stuff like that, and they, if there's questions, you, you let them stay here as long as they need to. 
Well, she didn't just say, okay, I'm clocked out. It's time for me to go. She stayed to make sure that our brand was taken care of, you know, because we take care of her. So can't do that with everybody. You can't do that with large teams, although I am recently meeting people who have figured out how to have their team lead. They have a human capital budget in the software mm-hmm. company's program. And that every manager that manages, you know, themselves and one other person gets an annual budget that they can spend however they want, making their people feel special and valuable. I thought that was the best thing ever. And what was so cool, he's able to, you know, it's a data company, so they have the data on what happened in their churn since they started having that people-first budget with all managers. And the youngest, the the newest employee has been there seven years, Hmm. right? Hmm. And the average age, they're in their early 20s and 30s, and they're doing all this weird software and stuff. And you know, I also meet some millennials that have 40 jobs, and they're not even 30 yet, <laughs> right? So, well, some of some of that kind of wraps back around to, you know, part new in some of the terminology, uh, human, uh, the compassionate capital. And I'm so glad you said that about, you know, you got to know who to do this with because sometimes you can turn the work environment into a social club if if we go okay. too far. We're trying mm-hmm. to look for, you know, work that work-life balance piece is very important. But you had those companies, even some of them that were really strict with the scientific management piece uh, years ago that were attentive to the needs of folks in terms of pay. There were a couple of companies like the UPS, you know, that would say, okay, we're going to pay you well, um, and we're going to, you know, promote from within. It's okay with us if you didn't get a, a college degree, but if you got one, we need to reward for that as well. And then there's stock options and management incentives and things like that, finding that right place. But now adding to that is very interesting. What are the companies and what are small companies like ours? What are we able to add to it to keep people uh, committed to our goals and objectives and staying there with us? Because, no, no. My sister stayed on her job for 40 years. That's over. Over. No question. Yeah. It's over. It's actually over. And, you know, so we, we're talking about right now some good stuff. You know, we did a little extra. We got a little extra money. We gave somebody some time off, and we bought them gifts. And I used to do that when I was um, before. I used to, I had like 30 people working for me my last corporate position. I was, I was actually starting June and July. And start buying them all Christmas gifts out of my pocket. Unfortunately, my company didn't give me the money to do it, but I know how effective that that is. But, but that's all the good stuff. What about conflict resolution with your team? You know, this is not this this team building thing and team growth and working together. It ain't pretty always. There's some no, resolution that to be done. So let's talk a little about that resolution piece as well. You know how you deal with resolution, conflict resolution, and how do you get people to continue to go past. You know what they're doing. I worked years ago at a at an advertising agency. That's my background. Everybody knows that. And it was three females who were on this team. We had a a male boss, and of course a black and it was a Jewish person. I mean, we had all we had like all the different groups. You know, we all. And he always marveled at the way we would come into a room for our our constant meeting. We would talk about a subject matter and try to get it worked out. And each one of us were very aggressive, and each one of us had a thought about how it needed to be handled. And we would all fuss, 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 argue, argue back and forth. 
until a decision was made. And he looked at us and he said, and then we would all look at each other and say, okay, what do you want to do for lunch today? And he could not figure that out. He said, I'd never seen people like you guys before. And I said to him, this is just a business. We still like each other. And sometimes we've used, if you think about it, we've often used a part of my idea, a part of her idea, a part of her idea, a part of her idea, and came up with the best idea. But at the end of that, we were like, okay, what you going to do for lunch today? And he's like, you guys, I can't. it's not personal. So how do you keep people with the conflict not being personal? How do you deal with someone, you know, hurting my feelings? And, now, and nowadays, this very limited voice-to-voice, face-to-face conversation is an email, it's a text. And you cannot always convey what you're trying to say in email and text like you could in the, in the inflections in your voice. So how do we deal with that conflict resolution for team building? I'm glad you brought that up because sometimes it's not pretty. Uh, getting that team together, the way you guys were working, that's, that's beautiful to arrive, you know, to go through the rough, the, the rough and tumble part of it and mm-hmm. then arrive at a decision with everybody's ideas included. And then sometimes, you know, you've got situations where I used to say, if I'm doing my job and you're doing my job, who's doing your job? Mm-hmm. So we have we you got to find that space where, you know, are you in your lane? Um, you know, what are we doing here? Um, some, and sometimes I found myself having to say in, in situations, particularly I managed a town once, and some of the folks that, you know, some of your bosses uh, as a town council, they won the popularity contest, and all of them are not there for the same reason and the same thing, and you have to rely on the state's laws to keep them in their lane. Uh, your and in terms of some of the difficulties sometimes with managing people, it's just real and, and putting a team together. You got to know who your who your who your informal leaders are, as well as you know you may be in the leadership position, but who's your informal leader? Who really has the real clout in the room that may not be you at the head of that table, and how you're going to manage that? to achieve your goals and to get everybody, you know, in sync, it's, 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 it can be very challenging. And sometimes I would just have to say, if I don't ask you to do anything illegal, unethical, or amoral, I really expect you to get it done. Mm-hmm. You know, that is so, um, it is hard. And, and I'm not, you know, this is terrible for me to say, but I'm not good at conflict. You're going to have some conflict. You're going to have some co- conflict, and you ain't got nothing on the line. <laughs> you ain't got no conflict. <laughs> you got a job description, you know? And so I just have a hard time swallowing conflict. So what I've decided to do, you know, and, again, we're privately held, privately funded corporation. I don't have government employees, and we've used a lot of 1099s for that reason, right? Um uh-huh. Uh, on on some level, if you want to sit in my chair, go buy your own chair, right? I mean, because at some at some point, we both can't sit in this chair. So what we have is a conflict of kingdoms, you know. And I know that's old school and everything else too. I had one lady that everything I wanted to do, she challenged me, right? And she's like, "Well, my brain doesn't work like your brain." Okay, well, your brain ain't on the hook for this money either. <laughs> You know, I didn't hire you for your brain. I hired you to do this job description right here. So why are you in this lane? So I am really, and, and, it, and because it kept happening a lot, I was like, I don't know if it's me or not, right? I don't do conflict. We don't, we don't, we don't have conflict. We have issues and situations that I need to resolve because it's in my job description, right? So mm-hmm. one of the things that I do 
is if you all up in somebody else's, and that usually most of our conflict came out of either they didn't understand their job description, right, or I didn't do a good job onboarding them to explain their job description, or I got too comfortable and familiar with them with letting them get away with stuff too long. I have a more of a nip it in the bud thing and fail fast. Because if we constantly having conflict, you know, we not going to be, you know, this, I can't do it. I, don't, I can't do it. I just can't. <laughs> we got it. She can. Okay, Carolyn, what you were saying? <laughs> so that's what, you know, the, the compassionate capital piece. I remember once uh, one of the state agents in South Carolina said to me, um, you know, we're, we were having a really rough time with a real crime issue in our in the little town, and they were saying, um, you know what, we, we got to get some, I'm going to be really big with you on this community-oriented policing. And I said, oh, yeah, that's very important. But right now I really need, I need to solve this particular part of the problem first, and then we can see how we can work all of that into the, into the strategy because right now, I think I have some version of community-oriented policing, but it wasn't working. But mm-hmm. in terms of the moment and space and time when you can integrate all of these things and you can have community-oriented policing, you can have capital, um, compassionate capital, you can have all of those things once you get that team working aligned on the same page, the, uh, the value systems, the vision. I'm going to always keep going back to that because, you know, I'm just saying it is not easy. I'm glad you brought the part up about the fact that uh, team building, you get a ringleader in there. Uh, Janine, you talked about the, the what the person was saying to you. I remember in my 20s uh, as the Burlington Industries corporate was where I was, and every time I'd give this woman a directive, she'd, tell, she'd ask me how old I was. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, you know, I mean, it was, it was just really clear, you know, I don't care, I don't care how well I said it, you know, how, you know, she knew what her job was, I knew what my job was, I'd say, this is, you know, hand her something to do, and she would say, how old are you? Mm-hmm. That was it. Mm-hmm. But see, well, that's the value, absolutely right, though, that, that goes back to your values. If she thought age gave you rank, well, then mm-hmm. she, she, she's looking for a place to have rights. So, and we changed our onboarding. You said, you, you said earlier, there's no, no, you don't do conflict. Because, and I can see that, how that, piece, that type of conflict, there's not, that's an issue. Because there's nothing right. that was going to change. My age wasn't going to change. Her age wasn't going to change. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we feel bad. Go. And you, you know what else? Well, it's like we, we have a joke about, this, you know, when you go to church, you can look at some people and be like, okay, she know how to hold a meeting, and that one's going to be disruptive, and she can elongate a meeting because she ain't got mm. nothing else going on in her whole life. Right? Oh, my God. <laughs> I have to balance, you know, wanting people on my team that's dedicated to wanting people that have a life, and this is just part of it, right? Because some people, the ones that I had the most problems with, they didn't have nothing else going on in their life, and I mean nothing. You know, but what they were doing here. You know, we keep in mind that ringleaders, I always say the ringleaders have the same qualities as any leader here. They just lead in a negative, they lead with negativity. 
and they lead in a negative direction. But they are strong. They're generally very strong people. And sometimes it really comes down to, you know, you can't be a part of the team. And then how to say um, as nicely as you can and, you know, and in long term, sometimes I talk to Gwen about this, the fact that there are times when at the beginning of a project, that person may not be right for the team. And they may, you know, display, you know, certain characteristics in a very negative way. But, you know, you kind of set them aside and you find out later on down the road in the process that they're better suited to something in the middle or toward the end or in some other capacity than what they were. A much better team member now than they were trying to be at the beginning. So sometimes you can't put like a big red X on them. You can just kind of put a later. A A little chip. I read a book about integrity, and it says the definition of integrity in the workplace is not looking at their potential, but starting them out where they're at right then and there, not where they have the potential to be. Because if they don't make it in that position with you, they go to the next company, and because they had a job with you as executive secretary and they weren't even a good receptionist, right, now the next person is like, oh, they were an executive secretary for this person and this person, so they had to have been, and then you, you paid them according to that, so they had the belief that they were executive secretary material. Exactly. So we this have to good, tell them right now, this, good this stuff. is not a good fit. Right, this, this is, is not yeah, a good yeah. fit, so we need to realign this, or you need to go get some skills and then come back and see me. That's what I started doing, especially if they were really nice, you know, if they were nice people and nice human beings and at least looked the part and genuinely seemed to want to try, okay, you're going to have to take some classes, honey, because we can't train you, raise you, and feed the babies. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we can't do all of that, you know. You but know, if you go take some classes on your own. Well, listen, listen ladies, I have, we, we kind of getting off, but good conversation, good conversation. I'm glad I got you guys on because it's been good stuff for me. I want to ask you guys another question before we close it out because we're kind of on our time. How do you balance, because we just talk about a whole bunch of stuff, if you're replacing in the person's mind, and of course it goes back to values, like you said, it goes back. I'm not going to deal with conflict. But how do you work in terms of ensuring that you're looking at, you're helping your people look at possibilities opposed to being limited in their beliefs of what can be done and how it can be done? Well, we we have um, embedded in our processes is mm-hmm. um, vision. You know, we okay. have our, our logo is, is blue, black, and green. You know, blue mm-hmm. is the vision, um, black is the strategy, and green is growing the strategy or making it make money or getting it financed or whatever. And so when people come to me, they come to me, um, you know, and I'll put them, I'll say, oh, you're in a blue mode. You know, like this is a vision. I don't expect you mm-hmm. to have it fully fleshed out or whatever, but we say everybody has a dream. You don't wake people up from their dreams because it's independently and, and very intrinsically theirs. So we have times where we just allow people you know, to dream. And if we have a client that comes in that's in their will space, we actually let them sit in. You know, we let them, they can't participate as a consultant, but they can at least sit in and and feel, you know, how that goes. So we're very supportive of people's goals as long as they tell us about them up front. And we know if somebody has a goal and they tell us I'm trying to start my own business and that's my dream, you know they're not going to be working for you for long because as soon as they get it together to get their dream done, so mm-hmm. you you 
appreciate them, but you also know that they may not be a permanent person in that regard, but what can I do to help you? Because they don't belong to you. That's great. Listen, guys, we're going to have to close this out. This is good stuff, guys. Listen, people, listen in. Call us in going forward all the time on this fourth Monday each month. Call in and be a part of this conversation. Now, I'm going to let you guys both give a closing remark before we close out. We're going to go on past time now, but I would love to hear what you guys have to say. What's your last parting remarks? I Carolyn? think for me, I'm just saying values, listening, and uh, I love what uh, Janine was saying about integrity. Uh, it's, it's very important. And, you know, for those of us who love our family members, you know, we tell somebody you can sing and they still sing it off key even today. Uh, we created those little monsters. <laughs> so, okay. So it, it, that's a part of it too. The rough and tumble of team building. It's exciting. It's fun. And it's the way to get results. Do you mean? And in my closing thoughts, I love that wonderful thing, but I, I constantly am considering being a solopreneur because building a team great people crazy. You know, so it's very hard. You know, it's very hard. <laughs> um, but when okay, you do that's find okay. oh, that are worth building a team with, Okay. Like I just said, that was innovative insight. We supposed to be promised to give people innovative insights. Your insight was this gonna be a solopreneur. Okay, thank you. You know what I'm saying? So, don't be asking me to help you build a team, and I can't get myself together. But you know, I'm just kidding. But I am really very serious on some days. I don't like none of my people. I don't want to see them. I don't want nothing. You know, and so they know when I'm walking fast and don't look at them. They know that's mine. This is yeah. not today. This so, whole thing is real. And okay, that, that, real so. I'm, I'm glad you owned it. I'm glad you owned it, Denise. You know, it's like today is not today. I got you. We all got you. We all got you, no matter how great. We all got you on that one. That was so funny. But, uh, you know, Wait, and they don't want to deal with us either. That's why the great American walkout. You know what I mean? I don't know how we go about this battle. They walking, we kicking them out. <laughs> this is the situation. Look, we don't have to have another show, but we can start trying to figure this out. We might have another show. Okay, well, we will have another show, guys. Um, tune in next Monday, Growing Greatness at 6 o'clock. Follow us on social media. Please uh, listen to the download our show. Tell a friend. Uh, we're here at 6 o'clock. We're on Spotify, iHeart, Podcaster, all the um, outlets. We love you. Thank you, guys. Thank you, ladies, so much, Ms. Carol and Ms. D. Appreciate you. And we will continue this on the next fourth Monday in August. With right now, thank you guys, and remember, the day is the first day of the week, so go out and just be great. Thank you. Have a good one. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Welcome Bye-bye. to the Growing in Greatness podcast with your host, Gwendolyn Singletary. We bring relevant insights, actionable strategies, and connections to resources to inspire you to explore your potential and become the best version of yourself in business and personally. So take charge and commit to growth. Mondays at 6 p.m. Eastern Time on Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. And remember, you deserve to see your own greatness.